Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Deepest Radio episode 13 with Bill Hudson. Welcome back to Deep Dish Radio. I am Tim Powers. Today's episode is an encore presentation of an interview I did in a previous show, but I liked it so much I wanted to share it with you uh, under the Deep Dish format. This is Bill Hudson, and Bill was one-third of the 1970s pop group The Hudson Brothers, along with his brothers Mark and Brett. And uh, they ruled Saturday morning. In fact, John Lennon called them uh, the... the, <laughs> the, the Let's see, what were they? The Stars of Saturday Morning is what he called them. They were, uh, the group was kind of uh, half Beatles, half Marx Brothers, and it was a really interesting time for them. They had Saturday morning shows, they had uh, uh, syndicated television shows, they had a, a summer replacement show on CBS. And there were, uh, at the time, nothing, nothing bigger, really. And uh, at the height of Hudson Brothers fame, Bill Hudson married Goldie Hawn, who at the time was also pretty big. Uh, so those are the parents of famous actress Kate Hudson and her brother Oliver Hudson. Well, as uh, as we probably all know right now, Goldie and, and Bill are no longer together, and Goldie has for a long time been partnered with Kurt Russell. And, uh, well, when there are children involved, the situation is never, never easy. And in his book, Two Versions, which is available uh, wherever books are sold, your Amazon.com, your Barnes & Noble, go into your local bookstore and recommend it. It's actually a a fantastic book, and I recommend it, especially for any divorcing dad. Um, Go in, pick up a copy of Two Versions, and Bill tells his story about what it's like to try and co-parent with Goldie and with Kurt and how... Uh, estrangement can really tear a man apart. It's a heartbreaking story, and uh, Bill talks about how he tries to get through it with uh, with some grace. And along the way, he uh, his life just uh, just grows and expands to the point where he is today. And he shares his story with us on Deep Dish Radio. Hey, before we get started, I did want to remind you that uh, you know you can email me anytime. I love to hear from you. My email is tim at deepdishradio.com. It's tim at deepdishradio.com. And I encourage you to leave comments on iTunes, just like a man identify or a woman, I suppose, someone identifying themselves as New York pizza lover. 
who left me uh, a review on iTunes. It says, this is an awesome podcast with great guests. I just came across it and binge listened at work. Keep up the great work, Tim. Even though I prefer the thin crust, I won't hold it against you. Uh, so I appreciate that. Also got a comment that uh, I, I misspoke on the date of Donna Summer's death in the, in the last episode. So I apologize for that. I got the year wrong. Uh, she's been with us, or she's been gone from us a little longer than, uh, than I thought. So if you want to hear me mess up, go back and listen to the Bruce Sedano episode, the one right before this. So we really appreciate it. I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a review on iTunes, or of course, you can email me, Tim, at deepdishradio.com. You can follow us on Twitter at deepdishradio. And uh, I believe there's a Facebook fan page out there that somebody set up for me, too. So uh, I appreciate all of you. I'm not going to ask you for money. This show is for free, and uh, you get everything that you paid for. I appreciate you listening. Here's Bill Hudson on Deep Dish Radio. Subscribe today and tell a friend about Deep Dish Podcast with Tim Powers, with Tim Powers. Without giving too much of the book away, Bill, let's let's back up and kind of tell your story a little bit. Um, yeah, I guess it's better to, to, to hear in your words, certainly, than mine. But, you know, start from where you feel comfortable starting and kind of give us a little bit about uh, how you ended up in the situation that, you're, that you were in. Well, I, I, Goldie and I met in uh, 1975, and we hit it off immediately. And, um, you know, we just did. Right. And um, what happened was is that we wanted to get married and we wanted to have kids. Right. And... We did, and everything was great at first. It was, we had this idyllic um, relationship. We were very, very uh, similar in terms of our upbringing. You know, our families were very, very similar. She comes from a Jewish mother and a, and a Episcopalian dad, and I come from an Italian Catholic family. But it was the same basic economic situation, and how we grew up was so similar. So our families really gelled. Everything was working great. And, and um, what happened was is that uh, when she started going after her career, because her career was waning, uh, Hudson Brothers were really at the height of everything at the time, and her career was sort of stagnating. And then she decided to, to you know, to go for it. And it takes a lot of effort to, to be successful in the entertainment business. And so she put 101% into it and and uh, and got what she wanted when she did Foul Play and then Private Benjamin. Right. But what happened was is that we, um, we we had a worldview that was very different. She believed in open marriage. I did not. And I didn't know. She asked me that at first when we were first seeing each other. And I thought she meant if you were open with each other during a marriage, yeah. you know, like about... Yeah, I didn't. I was just fresh off the boat from Portland, Oregon. I, I had no. I, you know, I was. This whole Hollywood scene was really new to me. I, and I said, of course, I believe in open marriage. I think it's important that we're <laughs> really, you know, <laughs> really, really open with each other. Well, several years later, when she was doing Private Benjamin, I found that that's not what she meant. It, and 
then she had this affair, which is what split us up. And uh, in the process, she utilized our children in the press. You know, there's a lot of celebrities that that get divorced and have children that keep their kids out of the press. And and Goldie didn't. And and the, the one thing that was really troubling to me is there was this one picture, I think it was Life magazine or Look, or a big magazine, and she had the front covers Goldie with Oliver in one arm and Kate in the other. And there's this picture, and then, and then the article is all about how this uh, single mother is raising the children without a father, and all of it was just not true. It was a lie. And the irony of the story is that I had taken that picture with her and my, our children in front of my house the day before she left them with me for three weeks to go off to Ibiza with her new lover, Eve. (laughs) And yet the article was all about, you know, Goldie Hawn, single mother, (laughs) and no help from a father. But did you get a photo credit from life? The writing was on the wall, how she was going to utilize this for her press. And then she met Kurt Russell, and they had a a child together. And that's when the problem started happening. My visitation with her was... uh, and my kids, you know, was was uh, very difficult. And we took her. We went to a mediation with the judge, and the judge said, "You've got to, you know, adhere to this uh, order." And she didn't. And 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 it just started falling apart after that. And and uh, it was a miserable time. I can imagine. And uh, you know, it, it, you can't win in the. And I say this with all due respect, though it's it's hard to win in the press against someone who's perceived as America's sweetheart, you know? Absolutely. And she is perceived as, I was, I was on the defensive. Yeah. And uh, so so that put you in a difficult spot, um, you know, and there, there's a long time between now and then. So, uh, you know, were there ways for you to maintain some sort of relationship with Kate and Oliver in the meantime? Well, I had a really great relationship with my children. Four years from Goldie and I split up until Kate was about 12 and Oliver was 15 and a half. I saw my kids all the time. There was a, the road got rocky in 1989 when my visit was just all becoming impossible. She was really part of the time in Aspen. She was already with Kurt Russell, had a child together. She had, I believe, manipulated this, uh, you know, this show business family. I mean, the kid, my kids, Kate and Oliver, were calling Kurt Pa, and it was very confusing for Kate. She'd come over, and one day she was, we were sitting around the pool, and she goes, Pa, I, I mean, Dad, and I didn't think much of it, and she told me something, and a few hours later, she comes up running up to me with my other daughter, Emily, and she goes, Pa, I would, uh, I'm sorry, I mean, Dad, and I said, what's this, Pa? Oliver was yeah. nearby. I just said, no, I was making us call Kurt Paw. And, you know, those are things that you should not do. You should encourage the other parent as being their parent. And kids need that. And it leads to what it is, is it's parental alienation, which I speak about in my book, where the parents are so much more interested in their own agenda that they are saying things, sometimes subtle things, that that, that put doubt in the children's head about uh, one or and I was the recipient of that. Sure. Um, well, as, as you went through this process of, you know, first of all, coming to grips with the fact that you've been alienated and then realizing that there you are, what kind of 
resources did you find to 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 get you through it? Well, it, it, it was very difficult because I, I I had done something which I should have never done. In about 1993, I said to Oliver, hey, "Look, I don't want any more public battle with your mother. I'm just gonna, you know, you can come and see me when you want. Uh, I don't want to get." Get in. I don't want any more of this argument. I have sort of an open door policy. At which point, Oliver came and stayed for like three weeks, and Kate was there a lot. But that sort of dwindled, and I sort of lost touch with my children for a four-year period. And then we we got back together again in 1997. But it's never really ever been the same. Their their, their family was sort of uh, really set by Goldie, and and that and you know I've made several attempts and. It, You know, 
this happens to everybody, and people have really taken that aspect of the book to heart and have basically really commented on that and, and have enjoyed it and found it helpful. Yeah. I find so many people haven't been into a situation like this. Yeah, well, you're talking to one of them right now. So as you, um, you know, you, you obviously went through a lot, not just for the story of the book, but there's some resources throughout. If you could go back and tell 22-year-old Bill Hudson a few things that would help him through this situation, what would you tell him? I would, I would tell tell him to not have given uh, up on fighting for my children. It, when I had that open door policy in 1993, I I should have fought Goldie in the courts all the way. Uh, I, I think that a parent has to fight for their children because you send the wrong message to your kids if if you're uh, if you're not fighting for them. And I stopped fighting for oh for four years. And I would that's what I would tell young Bill Hudson. And I would also probably on the lighter side of it say when anybody mentions terminology that you don't understand like open marriage or whatever it might be look it up in the dictionary <laughs> <laughs> Does, yeah i mean you, you you put a lot together when you put you know pop star on somebody and you give them a title and you presume that they they may be a little more worldly than you know a, a kid from oregon you know it's uh it's it's kind of funny um what kind of resources have you found to help dads in the situation that you are in now? Well, I think the courts are, are somewhat of a resource. Uh, I, I, I don't think they're fair to men. I, I think that uh, there are a lot of men that are hands-on fathers in today's world. And uh, I, I, I think that... Um, but, but I think you have to utilize what you have there. There's, there's many books out about parental alienation, and there's books out about father's rights, a guy named Glenn Sachs, and, uh, about father's rights, and this woman named Jill Ajizi about parental alienation. And you can, you can, it, once you recognize what's going on, and if, you, if you're aware of the one important thing, which is make sure, no matter how volatile the situation may be between yourself and your spouse, that you try to keep all of that negativity from your children. That's a great. That's a great lesson. That's a. That's an absolutely great lesson. Um, and you know, you can't control what happens on the other side. You can only control what happens on your side. So right. you know, when things go south on the other side, you you got to kind of shrug and, uh, and yeah. know that you did the best you could. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, but that's a real important thing, Tim, is to stay in touch. That's where I fell short when I uh, didn't want to fight anymore and didn't want to have these bloody battles. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In the press, I, 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 I should have just weathered that as miserable as it was and, and fought for my kids. You have to stay in touch. And when I lost touch for those four years, yeah. it was really the worst. It was, that was my fault. Now, I alienated myself and my children with that one move, not intentionally. I thought it would make it better and easier, but sure. it ultimately made it more hurtful. And uh, I would recommend to fathers who are going through this, just stay in there, stay the course, fight for your children. You know, the lawyers, you know, that's another thing that should change is the law. What, 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 what really should happen is they should leave the property and the settlement with money one thing and the, and, and the children another. But the children are treated like property, and lawyers leverage that and, and use those situations, and it's just not fair. Because in most cases, the, in, in divorce, there's no – usually the parents aren't abusive, whether it's emotionally or physically. But you'd be surprised how many times these lawyers throw the abuse card out there at people. I didn't get that, but I, I know a lot of men that have, and it's just absolutely wrong. It's just a tactic that these lawyers use, and it should, it's wrong. The, 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 the custody should be a separate issue from the rest of the, of the uh, settlement in a divorce, period. That's a, that's an excellent point. Uh, are there are you aware of groups who are lobbying uh, either in Congress or local? Yeah, I am. There's this guy named Glenn Sachs. He's great. I read it. He's in my book. He's actually here in Los Angeles, and he uh, uh, he has a father's rights group, and he's just fantastic. He's had the laws in 38 states changed, where they've been really archaic uh, about fathers seeing their children. And he, he's fantastic. You know, support groups are great because you can get it off your chest, but what really has to happen is the laws have to change, and, and the lawyers have to really be um, put in their place. And I think, really, if they could separate the custody from the rest, from the financial settlements and divorce, I think that would help a great deal. You know, I, I, having gone through the same situation, I think you're absolutely right, and it, it is—it's really archaic. Um, yeah, know, to treat the kids like. Uh, like well, yeah, it's an interesting situation that you were in too, because you know what happens in divorce. You know, you're in this family, you've got a house, and you're both living in it, and the same food bill and all the different bills. As soon as you're out, there's a you have to find a place to live, and the finances are are are, are uh, you know 
cut in half, yep. and, the, and you're probably playing child support and sometimes alimony, and it's like, oh my God, and, and it's a, it becomes a financial disaster, and it, but for the people that are involved, but it's a, it's a windfall for the lawyers because they take their fees and their money and use the kids against, you know, leveraging for settlement, financial settlements. It's the worst of all. It's the worst. I know, and... Uh... My wife uh, married her lawyer. <laughs> so it was a, wow. it was a total uh, win, man. Uh, it was a, that's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the book is uh, the book is out on the streets right now. Yep. It's uh, on Amazon.com and bookstores and Barnes and Noble and all that stuff. It's called Two Versions. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's a really good read, and I, I and. I, it's got some great stories in there about the Hudson brothers and celebrities, and it's got some fun stuff in it. But it's really about, really about taking care of your children when you're going through a divorce. That's what I. That's what I got from it. I mean, there there are tons of behind the scenes stories that I'd love to talk about when it's when it's more appropriate. But it really, I mean, this is a, the story that that really touched me. Is it's a dad who's just heartbroken, and at one point he just says. I can't do this anymore. I just can't fight this anymore. And I can't imagine, I mean, it was tough enough on me without having to read, uh, you know, about myself in the papers. I can't imagine what it was like for you, Bill. Um, Oh, it was horrible. I mean, especially the things that were being said were just not true. I put in the book uh, quotes from Goldie that she had said in various magazines, and she could never make up her mind. She would just, whatever the circumstances and the situation was, she, sometimes I was the greatest person, the greatest father, the greatest husband. But then when we were divorced, I was still the greatest father, and how she I was married to Cindy Williams at the time, and she was saying that Cindy's so great with the kids and everything was great, and, and then all of a sudden it just changes. And it, what happens if you, in the book, you kind of get a timeline because it really started changing when she had a child with Kurt Russell. And she, and that was the family that she wanted to promote. Yeah. And, and it seemed like early, uh, if early in the, in the relationship with Kurt Russell, it seemed like the four of you were getting along fine. You and Cindy Williams and Kurt and Goldie, um, you know, attending soccer games and things like that. And then just for I'm not sure why, but it just seemed to take a 180 at that point. Yeah, we were getting along. Well, it was because what Goldie wants, Goldie gets, and Goldie was using that family and Kurt being a, 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 an actor, a movie star. Right. She had this great uh, thing that really, you know, helped her image and the whole family image that she wanted to portray. And so I was became sort of the, uh, the outsider, especially when uh, she had Wyatt with Kurt and they moved to Aspen and they were splitting their time between Aspen and here. Uh, you know, you, you, it, the out-of-state thing is a horrendous situation. I went through it too because they moved to Aspen and it was just horrible. Yeah. There's a thing in the book where you, I put l- l- letters from the lawyers in there about seeing my children over Christmas and Goldie was going to fly them in. She took them to Aspen. She shouldn't have anyway. Then she was going to fly them in on Christmas Day from Aspen to Denver to Los Angeles, stay with me for six hours, and then I was going to put them back on a plane again. And I said, you know what? I'm not doing that to my kids. And that, that's that, that, the, uh, In the book, there's a chapter, and it's just one letter after the other yep. that the lawyers are writing about this 
and it, that that really shows it because it's not my words; it's somebody else's. You, know? you, you were very careful throughout the book, actually, to cite all of your sources and and uh, as much legal correspondence, which is a matter of public record, as as possible. So it's not. Yeah, it's, it's two versions, but well, I wanted to do that because I didn't I didn't want to sound bitter, and I and I wanted it to be fa entertaining but factual. Right, and well, um, it, to be honest, if you wanted to cash in on this, you would have done it years ago, right? I mean, it's oh, that's funny, Tim, because when we first split up, I was offered a million dollars to write a book. I said no. Then when we went to this custody battle in 1988, I was offered $750,000, and I said no. Then when we had this giant uh, battle in 1993, I was offered like, you know, 600000 and I said no. Then Kate does Almost Famous and becomes a big star, and then and, and she was saying things about me in the press, and then I was offered 400000 and I said no. And in 2003, I was offered 200000 and I said no. And by the time I got to the book, I got no advance at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, as much as it's up to me, I, I, I hope to see on the Times list. I think it's, I, the book is important, and uh, I would recommend it to any young father. Really, anybody who's who's frankly below 25 and getting married uh, kind of needs to know. And any, especially any uh, freshly divorced dad, should really look at this. And, oh yeah, and you know, uh, put on his. Well, also when you're young, I like the idea that you you would recommend it to young guys that are getting married because what happens is is that you're really, you know, you're you're young, you're you're in love, you're not you're not thinking of disaster or failure you don't think of those things you think everything's going to be great yeah and uh and yeah that's you said that early on is is in your relationship with goldie you were you were really idealistic about about everything and some of the things that that you look back on you go oh yeah but you were so either young or naive or uh, or idealistic, it just didn't hit you. And the perspective of right. of sixty one years has really given you some some perspective on that. Oh yeah, it's given me some great uh, a really good look at at the situation and myself yeah. and everything. But you know, when you're when when you're in love and you're and you, I was idealistic and uh, and you know, and mo I think most people are when they're in love and they decide to get married and. And uh, but you have to protect your children. If you have children, you must protect your children. That's that's the most important thing. And and uh, period. And sometimes it's difficult to do that. And that's what I found. It, you know, with my situation, as I didn't want to put my kids through anything. That's that's why I stopped. You know, and that was a mistake. I should have fought for them. You know, all the way, and it would have been difficult for them, but it wouldn't have had the um, the effect that it did, which leads them to think that maybe I didn't care, even though I've told them that wasn't the case, and they knew it then, and they've told them about it, you know, since then. You know, the last time I had a conversation like that with Oliver was like in about I think 2006, so wow. about five years ago, six years ago. Yeah. We talked about it extensively, and I had spoken with Kate about it in like 2001 or something. We talked about just that, how I'd failed there, and I didn't like I, I, It was just the wrong thing to do. That is, so I've had that discussion, but it doesn't change it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you, you're, you're dealing with feelings, and you're dealing with children. 
and their emotions and 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 that's a, a difficult thing to heal especially in my situation where you're dealing with people that are very public right i, I mean i can't imagine the the magnifying glass that it that it puts it all under um, oh yeah it's horrible it, uh, the the cool thing is that children grow into adults and they get the benefit of age and perspective uh as well so you know time has its has its effect and eventually if you if you stay constant uh and and do your best to stay in touch uh, the truth eventually comes out uh, i was curious you yeah have, i agree with that too you have three other kids um we've been talking about yeah. kate and oliver and your situation is obviously uh unique to the children that you had with goldie but you learned a lot trying to set things right um, and the situation that you went through with Kate and Oliver, how have the lessons that you learned there helped you with the the other three kids? Well, uh, it 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 really did, well. Other than the fact that when I when Cindy and I divorced, well, it was a different circumstance. Cindy is a really great person, really just a sweetheart of a human being. And we had no issues about the kids, and we still don't. Cindy and I are really good friends. We had Easter together. We had Christmas together with our kids. And and uh, it, it was an entirely different circumstance. So I, I didn't – I was a great father to Oliver and Kate for the longest time. And, and I just got caught up in Goldie's power web. And I got caught up in her insatiable desire to be in control and I got caught up in her, uh, you know, she's very into money and power. And I got caught up in all that. I mean, in our divorce, everybody thought I made out like a bandit. And the truth is, and I have this in the book, I paid her $550,000. Yeah. So it, it, there were so many things said about me that weren't true that I just put it all in the book so that I don't have to deal with it anymore. <laughs> I can just say to somebody, you want the truth, read the book. Read the book, sure. So the, so the situation with Cindy was very different and then I was with a woman and I have a child Lelania who's going to be six at the end of July and I have to say you know the third time was a charm because even though Suzanne and I are not together we are kind of together we're raising Lelania together Cindy is like Lelania's aunt Suzanne is totally open about Cindy and I mean Lelania was with me at Easter, and she was with Cindy, and Emily and Zachary, my kids with Cindy. It's like one big family, and Suzanne is a really fantastic person as well, because she really does everything for the sake of our child, and so does Cindy for the sake of our children and the divorce, even now. We go out to dinner, we, we, you know, it's like a family. Even though the mom and dad aren't together, you wouldn't know the difference. You, you wouldn't know the difference. You can't ask for a better situation than that for the kids. So it, right. it, it sounds like the lesson, uh, for lack of a better term, the lesson learned there is, is in full effect. You're doing everything you can to keep peace with the other side and uh, right. be as amenable. And, and at the end of the day, all that matters is that you're bringing up two healthy kids, right? Or exactly. Kids, you or, see, I was, but the difference between Cindy Williams and Suzanne and Goldie is like night and day. Goldie is sure. a complete... And utter, um, she needs to be in control of everything. And she's got this very sweet image, and you know, but she is, uh, 
She's not. <laughs> She's very, very uh, ruthless when it comes to her image, her control, her power, all that. She's uh, and she play. She uses it. Well, now that you've now that you've got the book out and you've said your piece and you've got it all uh, all together, what do you hope the future holds for Bill Hudson? Well, I mean, I'm. Well, as far, as far as my children are concerned, I would like to reconcile with Oliver and Kate, and I will make those attempts. I mean, I have been. I've written them letters and called them and all that, and and um, will continue to. And and what's interesting to me is that, you know, in the end, we're going to, you know, what happens if I died tomorrow? And I, would Kate call Emily or Zachary or, or somebody and go, Oh my God! I heard Dad died, and then come to the funeral and act like you know, you grieve, or was she just not pay attention and not, and stay away? You know, at one point you've got there's the my blood is running through her children's veins and Oliver's children's veins, not Kurt Russell's, and I, I and and the truth of the matter is is that my kids are adults now, and you'd mentioned that just a few minutes ago. Oliver's going to be 36 in September. Kate's going to be 33 uh, April 19th. They're, they're adults. They don't have to play this game. They're, 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 but I think that they're still under the influence and control of their mother and that sort of imaginary family that she set up with this Hollywood image. And I don't think they want to... I think they like that. And I think that I become sort of... Um, a thorn in their side, or, or oh. it's like here's here's Kurt, but here's my dad. I think they they prefer referring to Kurt, especially Kate, as their dad, or you know, and, and uh, so I think that they're going to have to come to those terms and recognize the truth, which is I am their dad, and, and I was a great dad to them for the longest time, and um, if they really have the uh, you know the, the the heart and the intelligence to want to heal this. I will offer my hand in an olive branch and start healing immediately. Well, all you can do is stand there with your arms open. And there you go, Bill Hudson. If you uh, run a Google search, you will find out what's happened since then. And uh, here's a tip: it's not good. Uh, my heart goes out to Bill. We have been in the same situation, although uh, mine is not fought in the court of public opinion and certainly uh, well under the radar. Uh, Bill, thanks for this. This is great. Hey, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is tim at deepdishradio.com. Tim at deepdishradio.com. Of course, you can leave me a review on iTunes. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dish Radio. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.